Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. It's the Good Day Health Podcast with Dr. Jack Stockwell, sponsored in part by Calitrin, the safe, proven way to lose weight and keep it off, and brought to you also by Prevagen, really good for your mind. Welcome to the Good Day Health Show. I'm Dr. Jack Stockwell at jackstockwell.com as well as forbiddendoctor.com. Jackstockwell.com is oriented towards the structural correction of the spine and the elimination of the kinds of misalignments that cause nerve interference, everything from migraines to sciatica, uh, easily reduced in a visit or two to my office. Also, ForbiddenDoctor.com that covers the nutritional aspect of our practice because more and more people aren't buying the party line anymore that um, most of your food should come from the interior section of the grocery store. I've often asked them in the past, where's the, I refer to the dead zone in the supermarket. <laughs> Try to shop the least amount of shopping you can do in the dead zone. And they always think I'm talking about the meat and the fish. No, I'm talking about the center of the store. If the food is in a box, a bag, or a can, it's dead and will provide very little nutritional support for your body or that of your children. It's overly processed. It has preservatives. And it usually has the wrong kind of oils, the seed oils, that contribute to cancer and heart disease. The healthy section is the section of the supermarket that Mother Nature made. Now, I'm not, you know, it's that's going to be the meat and the fish and the produce. The more you eat foods removed from what Mother Nature made, the more what Mother Nature wants you to get from your food has been removed. All right, now I'm going to go to a totally different subject than I usually handle on this show. But again, this is in answer to what a lot of patients want. Now, it's not a nutritional subject, but it's something that's going to be coming back very shortly before Christmas, I, I believe. And that's the subject of masks. Now, I've talked about this on Doug's show when Doug and I have talked together um, when we were on the air at the same time. And um, there's going to be, an, we're moving into cold and flu season. And cold and flu is going to get called COVID again. And uh, because of the fears that have been struck in this country regarding COVID, uh, the uninformed are just going to get in line and start doing some of the most uncommon sense things that they can do, and one of which is wearing masks. Now, everywhere you turn today, I, I, I've been in the airport several times in the last two months. I'm going to be in the airport again this coming week, traveling back east to see grandchildren and my first great-grandchild. And I'm going to see healthy people wearing masks. You see them everywhere. But according to Patricia Neuenschwander, who has her master's in nursing and um, public uh, health, an emergency room nurse with over two decades of experience, she says, and I'm going to be quoting some sources here, 
the idea of uh, healthy people wearing masks simply is not supported by science. And so when Neuenschwander found out that her grandchild's Montessori preschool was requiring even toddlers, oh, for Pete's sake, requiring even toddlers to wear masks, she did a deep dive into the research to better educate herself, as I have done myself with her grandchild's having to wear a mask in school. So I'm going to quote from a letter that Patricia Neuenschwander sent to her preschool administrators. Now, there, if you go online and start searching for the science that supports mask wearing, uh, it's very skewed science, very poorly put together science. In fact, it's, it's scientism. It's not science. If you go looking for the science that says you don't need to be wearing masks, then you'll find some hardcore science. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a couple of sections here from this letter. She, she titled the letter, Should Healthy People Be Wearing Masks During the COVID-19 Crisis? Now, for a lot of people, the COVID-19 crisis is behind us, but it's coming back. It's coming back because the powers that be have another agenda in mind. And it's not going to have anything to do with COVID, but it's going to be called that. But anyway, she says this. In the process of making decisions, one must evaluate the options. This includes the risks and benefits of the recommendation. And while there is considerable debate about healthy people wearing masks because of the current coronavirus situation, government officials are now recommending healthy people wear masks. And I don't know if you caught it, but a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, Fauci was back on national news saying promoting these new shots and the only testing these new shots have done are on 10 mice, no human studies whatsoever, 10 mice, trying to find out if it triggered antibody development. And of course it did, but that's not the only way you evaluate this stuff. But um, he's also talking about we may have to don our masks again. Should healthy people be wearing masks and rebreathing their carbon dioxide? Well, no. But I, 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 she makes a great argument here that I want to use. So she says, what are the risks of serious complications or death from COVID-19? What are the benefits using science and data of healthy people wearing masks to prevent spreading a virus? And how about the risks to healthy people wearing a mask? So she says this, looking at risk of death from this novel coronavirus, we need to look at the real numbers. Models and predictions have not been accurate. The population in the United States is approximately 326,700,000 as of May 9, 2020. 76,934 have been reported to die from COVID as a complication of it or with it. And using the real numbers of people potentially at risk, and she, she does say as we all are, and the number of these deaths, it works out to be 0.00023 or 0.023% of the population, which is essentially a 0% death rate in the general population at this time. In fact, that's the kind of number reported by the CDC from years previous of those who died from the flu with the complications of pneumonia. And you never hear about the flu and pneumonia anymore. So she says, it looks like the death rate from this is higher because not everybody's been exposed. So the death rate is higher in those known to be exposed. So the problem is we don't know how many people have been exposed. 
So if you don't have a completely accurate denominator to figure this stuff out, we really don't know the risk of dying if you become infected because we don't really know what was the causative agent. Even today, if you get a home COVID test, and President Biden's been promoting these, and you read the insert, you read the paper insert, it's either completely blank or if it's the one that has um, uh, the information you might want to read, you read the fine print and it says a positive indication from this test strip does not necessarily mean an infection of COVID-19 as other agents can cause a positive response with this test or words to that effect. Now, there are several studies that show that people who have been infected with mild to no symptoms and fully recover. And a few recent studies looking at populations with real data of people who were infected who did not have symptoms or receive treatment have shown the death rate to be much lower than was previously reported. And because most of the people tested were sick or were at a very high risk of infection based on exposure, we have no idea how many fully recovered. But we do know that older adults and people who had severe underlying medical conditions like heart or lung disease or diabetes were at higher risk for developing serious complications from COVID-19, just as our elderly population and people who have heart or lung disease or diabetes, especially over the age of 70, are much more susceptible to, to death from flu or from pneumonia. Now, none of these risk factors are applicable whatsoever to healthy children. Children with no underlying health issues remain at an extremely low risk of being seriously affected or dying from this infection. In fact, to this day in my research, there are, there's no indication of a healthy child having died from COVID-19. By a healthy child, I mean under the age of 12. The children who have been reported to have died from COVID-19 were suffering ser serious comorbidities, cancer problems, uh, birth defect problems, immunosuppression problems, but no healthy child because they can't find a healthy child who got COVID-19. Now, I have no qualms with people at high risk staying home or wearing a mask in public. And in fact, it's probably a smart thing to do to protect themselves from, from getting worse. But I do have qualms about healthy people wearing masks and asking them to partake in an intervention that has not been shown to this day to benefit anybody and can potentially cause harm. I have a list over 1,000 research reports that show the ineffectiveness of wearing masks. And there was, there was an important study using science to evaluate the cloth mask used to prevent infection. It was conducted in March of 2011, and it's a large perspective, randomized, clinical trial, and the first randomized clinical trial I've, I've been able to find ever conducted on a cloth mask. Now, we're going to be going to break here in a few minutes, and when we get back, I'm going to quote from this study, and this, this, it, was, it was done by a large international team of researchers who knew there was something up when all this stuff began to break, but they got together and, and collated their information shared their methodologies to make sure everybody was on the same page. And the study simply doesn't provide evidence for the effectiveness in high-risk populations. 
And my patients have said, well, when they make a mandatory again, I said, no, no, no. You have to understand what's going on behind making something mandatory. This is a political thing. It's simply a political thing. And we're coming into an election year. And so people trying to move up in the polls are going to do some funny things. And this may be during cold and flu season that's coming upon us again. Because in 2021 and 2022, there were very few figures at the CDC for cold and flu. It's like flu disappeared. And since coronavirus is related to the cold viruses, well, that's another show. I want to get back to masks here. And I'm trying to keep this on a scientific basis, not too political. But I'm going to quote from this, this large, randomized, international study. Quote, this study is the first uh, randomized of cloth masks, and the results caution against the use of cloth masks. This is an important finding to inform occupational health and safety. Moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, and pore filtration may result in increased risk of infection. Further research is needed to inform the widespread use of cloth masks globally. However, as a precautionary measure, cloth masks should not be recommended, particularly in high-risk situations, and guidelines need to be updated. So the study doesn't provide evidence for effectiveness in high-risk population, but it certainly does not support healthy people wearing a cotton or a cloth mask. And so more recently, researchers from the University of Illinois at the Chicago School of Public Health, which is one of the one of the absolute centers of the study of public health in America, they reviewed the scientific literature. And while you know it wasn't a, it was not an exhaustive review of masks and um, and respirators as a source control and personal protection equipment, but it it reviewed and it locates and reviews the most relevant studies of laboratory and real world performance regarding the subject. And the review, which has 52 citations, concluded this way. We do not recommend requiring the general public who do not have symptoms of COVID-19-like illness to routinely wear cloth or surgical masks. Why? This is from the study. There is no scientific evidence that they're effective in reducing the risk of SARS-CoV-2 transmission. Their use may result in those wearing the masks to relax other distancing efforts because they have a sense of protection. In other words, you will find people who might be ill around other people who might be ill in much closer proximity to one another because they think they're being protected by the mask. And then it said, we need to preserve the supply of surgical masks for the at-risk healthcare workers. A study done in in 2020 in Seoul, South Korea, looked at the effectiveness of surgical and cotton masks in blocking COVID-19 in a controlled comparison of four different patients. And this is kind of interesting. We're going to be going to uh, a break here in a few moments, but I want to re re go over this with you because they went further than just wearing a mask and measuring the health quotient of the people that were involved. They did some interesting things that kind of added weight to the outcome of not wearing or the, the harm of wearing a cloth mask. We're going to go to break. When we get back, I'll get into that a little bit more. I think you'll find that interesting. I'm Dr. Jack Stockwell, and I can be located at jackstockwell.com. 
as well as a host of information at ForbiddenDoctor.com. We'll be right back. Your brain is an amazing thing. But as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory. A Pharmacy Times National Survey of Pharmacists rated Prevagen the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand for the fifth year in a row. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere without a prescription. Help your memory. Try Prevagen today. Prevagen. Healthier brain, better life. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to the Good Day Health Show. After this uh, segment, uh, and I'm talking about these masks, I'll be joining Doug here before long to finish off the show. But I'm referring to this study done in Seoul, South Korea, 2020. And uh, it was a controlled comparison of four patients, and the COVID-infected patients had to stay in negative pressure isolated rooms. That means the air was being sucked out of the room into a filtration. The, the air of that room could not get outside the room except through an uh, isolated filtration system. When you're in a negative, the air is flowing into the room. If you're in a positive atmosphere room, the air is flowing out of the room. So they, these, these COVID-infected people, four of them, were in a negative pressure isolated room. And so the scientists compared the disposable surgical masks, three layers thick, with reusable cotton masks. And the researchers instructed the patients to cough five times while wearing no mask, surgical mask, or a cotton mask. And interestingly, all swabs from the outer masks, including surgical masks, were positive for COVID-19. The inner mask was also found to be contaminated, which means the mask did not effectively filter out the COVID virus since it's just entirely too small. There's three layers to the mask. They had to cough while they weren't wearing a mask or a surgical mask or a cotton. Excuse me. They were, they were tested with wearing no mask. They were tested with wearing a surgical mask. And they were tested with wearing a cotton mask. And the surgical mask had three layers. This is the kind of mask a surgeon would be wearing during surgery in the operating room. And they found the outer layer of the mask contaminated with COVID-19, well, with SARS-CoV-2, just as the inner part, which you would expect because that's the first layer catching their cough, but on the outer layer of the mask, there was also the same viral element. What does that mean? Well, it means it didn't stop anything. And why didn't it stop anything? Because the COVID virus is absolutely too small. If you have studied this on your own, as I know many of you have, about the smallest thing that exists inside the body till you get down to the quantum level is a virus. Viruses are incredibly small compared to a bacteria. There are bacteria that are bigger than some of the cells of the body. A lot of the bacteria are smaller than the cells of the body, 
but viruses are incredibly tiny compared to all of this stuff. And it's been compared to using a chain link fence to stop mosquitoes. That's kind of the, the size comparison. Now, what does this study show? It simply means the masks did not effectively filter out the COVID virus. So the authors say this, quote, neither surgical nor cotton masks effectively filtered COVID-19 during coughs by infected patients. Conclusion, both surgical and cotton masks seem to be ineffective in preventing the dissemination of SARS-CoV-2 from the coughs of patients with COVID-19 to the environment and external mask surface. The World Health Organization has its mission, obviously, to direct international health within the United Nations systems. So what does the WHO recommend when it comes to healthy people wearing masks? Quote, the WHO stands by recommendations to not wear masks if you are not sick and not caring for someone who is sick, end quote. Another quote from Dr. Mike Ryan, who's an epidemiologist, who uh, is the executive director of the WHO Health Emergencies Program, said this. There's no specific evidence to suggest that the wearing of masks by the mass population has any potential benefit. In fact, there's some evidence to suggest the opposite in the misuse of wearing a mask properly or fitting it properly. That's the World Health Organization. Now, according to the CDC, avoiding close contact with sick individuals, frequently washing your hands with soap and water, not, not touching your eyes, your nose, or your mouth with unwashed hands are effective preventive trip tip tips. We were taught that in kindergarten. And so the CDC also recommends covering your mouth and nose with a cloth face covering when you're around others and just practicing, quote, good respiratory hygiene. But here's the rub. The CDC then goes on to say that the cloth face cover protects other people in case you're infected. But in this statement, the CDC provides no scientific citations whatsoever to support their claim that wearing a mask is effective at preventing you from spreading the virus to others. So while the WHO comes out, World Health Organization says it doesn't do anything, this large study that was done earlier that I mentioned, and then the study that was done in Seoul, South Korea with these four infected people coughing five times into um, with a mask, without a mask, with a cloth mask, and with a surgical mask, found the virus on the outside layer of the mask, knowing that the mask did not prevent it. But the CDC comes along and says, it's an effective way to prevent you from spreading virus to others. Now, the Surgeon General, America's Surge, uh, Sir, uh, uh, Jerome Adams, said in an interview uh, in March, I don't remember if it was this year or last year, that masks can be dangerous because people tend to touch their mask many times per hour. And now that we know that the viral element is on the outside layer of the mask and people just subconsciously are touching the mask because subconsciously their body is saying, this shouldn't be here. What is this thing in the front of my face? As opposed to people who are not wearing a mask, not touching their face several times an hour. So there's this CNN story. It's since been removed from the internet. But it bore the headline, masks may actually increase your coronavirus risk if worn improperly, Surgeon General warns. Now, you have to go back to the Wayback Machine to read this because the CDC took it down after they published it. 
but it says this. You can increase your risk of getting it by wearing a mask if you are not a healthy care provider, Adams said during an interview on Fox and Friends on Monday morning. Folks who don't know how to wear them properly tend to touch their face a lot and actually can increase the spread of the coronavirus. We're certainly seeing more spread in communities, but it's important for folks to know that right now their risk as American citizens remains low. There are things people can do to stay safe. There are things they shouldn't be doing, and one of the things they should not be doing in the general public is going out and buying masks. Now, that's the Surgeon General of the United States. Then on a separate page, the CDC says this. CDC recommends wearing cloth face coverings in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain, such as grocery stores, pharmacies, post offices, especially in areas of significant community-based transmission. However, once again, there are no scientific citations that went with that comment. And they go on to say that the recommendation has changed because they figured it out that it's so transmissible, transmissible from one person to the next. And then after all of the other stuff that's happened with the COVID, the mRNA vaccines over the last two years anyway, it doesn't stop transmission. Pfizer and Moderna finally comes out and admits, well, it turns out that uh, the vaccine does not prevent transmission. And yeah, it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID-19. This has been stated several times now. So hence, we have to take boosters. Now, I haven't had any of these. I haven't had any shots. I'm not in, I will not get any of these things. I certainly won't be getting any boosters because I won't be getting any of the first shots. But these mixed messages can be very confusing. Because what we know for sure is that the CDC knew from February 26, the date of the first community spread case in the U.S. in 2020, that people transmit the virus from person to person. Now, it's not like this is some unique virus that suddenly gets transmitted. All viruses get transmitted. You can't get away from viruses. Some people try to paint this picture that a virus is this grisly-looking, spidery-type thing hiding around the corner waiting for you to walk by and jumps off the wall and infects you. You are literally walking through an ocean of viruses all the time in the atmosphere, just as you cannot get away from bacteria. You cannot get away from viruses and bacteria any more than a fish can get away from water. There are those uh, well-respected scientists who estimate that in the atmosphere of our planet, there are probably 10 to the 23rd power. That's 10 with 23 zeros of viruses in the atmosphere. That's more than all the stars in the known universe. And as the James Webb Telescope continues to discover more and more galaxies, they do not equal the number of viral elements inside the atmosphere of this planet. And it's also 10 to the 31st power of viruses in the soil and 10 to the 31st power of viruses in the ocean, most of which are very friendly and helpful in the sense of building immune response. So what's going on here? Well, it's all political. Unless you're very sick, 
or you're around somebody who's very sick. Then you want to take obvious hygienic measures as you would before anybody ever even heard of COVID. You want to be careful. But when, but the idea is we don't force masks to protect against the flu. Why would we force masks to prevent, prevent against COVID-19? You know, the CDC is known for decades that person-to-person transmission spreads influenza virus. But the CD has never told us to wear a mask to stop the spread of flu. As a matter of fact, the CDC specifically says masks don't work, and they do not recommend wearing a mask to prevent transmission of the flu, even do cold and, during cold and flu season. I'm quoting from the CDC. No recommendation can be made at this time for mask use in the community by asymptomatic persons, including those at high risk for complications to prevent exposure to influenza, influenza viruses. But wait, on this separate page related to the recommendations to wear face covering, the CDC does provide seven recent publications to support the use of masks for COVID. So we're kind of running out of time for the rest of this show. A lot of this you can, you know, you can go to uh, medline.com and search for uh, just, you know, masks, surgical masks, the plastic masks, and these blue plastic masks masks are even more dangerous than the cloth masks, cloth masks, because you are breathing in, breathing in plastic particles. And there's plenty of studies to show that we don't want plastic inside our lungs. I, you know, I hope this helps. And obviously, I'm getting a little bit emotional here about the whole thing, because I go over this weekly with patients asking me these questions. And when I see people driving in a car by themselves wearing a mask, or I see joggers wearing a mask, or I see people riding bicycles with a mask, oh, I just, oh my goodness, my goodness. And I know many of you have the same response. What in the world's going on here? Okay, I'm going to join Doug here in just a few minutes. I'm Dr. Jack Stockwell, and just so proud to be a part of your show today. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Always time for good advice from good doctors, and we've got them here on Good Day. Good Day Health, Dr. Jack Stockwell, who has two really good, really great in fact, uh, websites, ForbiddenDoctor.com, it's all about the gaps, the material you need to keep your gut and your body healthy, uh, the things that are there, offerings like the Lee enzymes that you need to have. You can check those out at ForbiddenDoctor.com and also JackStockwell.com, which follows his Nuka chiropractic practice. Uh, so anyway, we have always lots of things to talk about. Jack has done some research into blood thinners, and you'll want to know what he has found. We'll discuss that in a matter of moments. First, though, let's talk about your eyes and changes in your eyesight. 
they seem to, I'm told, Jack, and I think you're told as well, it's part of getting older. Yeah, I want to hear that. So today <laughs> is World Sight Day, and the uh, request is that you consider visiting your eye doctor. If you don't have one, you ought to get one to check on the health of your eyes. Here's Trevor Smith with some interesting things for you to notice. I'm Trevor Smith. Have you noticed that your eyesight has changed while reading or on a computer? No need to panic. Changes in eyesight are a normal part of aging. Visit your doctor to check on the health of your eyes. Chances are you probably need a pair of reading glasses. Angel Chu with Foster Grant has more. Reading glasses makes it easier to read for long periods and reduce squinting and eye fatigue. And any pair won't do. In honor of World Sight Day, Foster Grant, a provider of quality and stylish eyewear, wants to help you invest in your eye health with a pair of reading glasses you'll love. Choosing the right pair of reading glasses is crucial. Be sure to pick out a stylish pair you love and will actually wear. Consider reading sunglasses for outdoor reading and find a frame that fits your face shape well and is comfortable. Invest in a slim, easy-to-carry pair for great portability. And seek out brands with high-quality lenses and frames like Foster Grant. Learn more at fostergrant.com. All right, let's talk about blood thinners. For those of you who are on Eliquis or Warfarin or whatever rat poison the doctor has put you on, because that's what it is, am I right? I'm, I'm not being too cynical. It is rat no. poison, right? Yeah, well, warf Warfarin... Warfarin is the, or also known as Coumadin. Coumadin. Warfarin yeah. is the one that is the rat poison. It's cinnamon. It comes from cinnamon. They make it out of cinnamon. Really? Because cinnamon is known to thin the blood. It's been known to thin the blood for a couple of hundred years now. Mm -hmm. It just so, got pushed off of the shelf in place of pharmaceuticals. Why don't we talk about the things that you uh, would suggest people rather than using drugs. If your doctor says you need to thin your blood, I take a baby aspirin. Uh, but that maybe isn't even necessary because I'm on to a lot of these things here. I take garlic, uh, I take ginkgo, I take uh, green tea, I take the uh, uh, fish oil. So yeah, well, you're do covered. I even need to take this, the, uh, the baby aspirin? Well, you know, that's between you and whoever prescribed that. But there well, are studies that show it. that baby aspirin, <laughs> I know yeah. who prescribed it. Yeah, But there, there are studies that show it really isn't that effective anyway. Really? And, and, so it doesn't yeah, do you any good? It doesn't do you any harm? It's just... No. Yeah. No, it's more harmful. It leads to stomach problems, if nothing right. else. But just cayenne you, pepper. What's cayenne? Cayenne pepper sounds like something out of a cowboy movie. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been known for a long time to be a wonderful tonic for the heart, and it has natural... It, it lowers the fats. It lowers blood pressure. It's yeah. good for diabetes. It's good for obesity. You know, people have been taking cayenne pepper for... How do you get it, though? What's the best way to... Oh, you can get it... Well, you can get it at ForbiddenDoctor.com. You just order cayenne pepper. It comes in a capsule. Yeah. And you take one of them. You just take one of them a day. That's it. And Does it, it come it from standard process, or is it something yes. else? No, it's right. a standard process product. So you can add that to my order, please. Because <laughs> I think and I then, can use it. You yeah. know, and then uh, the, the fish oils, the omega-3 fish oils. We know mm -hmm. that that stops blood from coagulating too fast. Yeah, and then there's turmeric, you know, curcumin. Yeah, it inhibits thrombin. It's it's it it stops the clotting process, only in the sense if you're prone to clots, not in a normal not not in a normal situation. Mm -hmm. And then vitamin E, you know, avocados, almonds, broccoli, whole grains. They're loaded with vitamin E. Is known 
to reduce the risk of blood clots in women. And so, so some is, of these things is what just we've for, done for hundreds of years. Some of them more for women and some more for men, or they're well, all not universal? Necessarily. They're all they're all for both. It's just that there's some studies that show that vitamin E uh, reduces the risk of blood clots in women. It doesn't really? mean it doesn't in men. It's just more profound in uh, women, and it's a hormonal uh, type thing because uh, vitamin E will affect hormonal levels. So these are foods that are commonly obtained in the store or in the home that are known to stop clots. Thank you for that important information. Dr. Jack Stockwell here on Good Day Health, sponsored in part by Calitrin, the safe, proven way to lose weight and keep it off, and brought to you also by Prevagen, really good for your mind. This program was produced at Bob K. Sound and Recording. Please visit bobksound.com. Doug Steffen here with Elizabeth Miller from Calitrin with the latest word on how you can be successful in your weight loss quest. And you know, as part of my job, I get to deal with all of the testimonials. So I get to see every testimonial that comes in. Really, the one thing I just want to stress is you don't even know how good you can feel. You really don't. It's like that old saying, you know, you didn't know you couldn't see till you put the glasses on. You're like, wow, this is how I'm supposed to be able to see. You just don't even know how good you can feel. When you drop 10, 20, 30, 40, or even 100 pounds, you're walking around with so much less weight on your body. You just feel good. You've got more energy you've got less joint pain overall you feel better more confident you like not just looks you know but but just in health all of your numbers start looking better across the board too you're getting healthier so it just feels good all around when you're doing it the right way all right so the way of getting this go to toploss.com check out what the special is toploss.com thanks elizabeth thank you every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.